Welcome to Laser Focus. This is the Nerdist Deep Dive podcast. My name is Kyle Anderson. Thank you for listening. Very excited this week. We have um, somebody who's never been on the show before, which is very easy to do. It's an early, <laughs> early part of the show. Um, but I'm really excited to talk to them and to talk about a thing that I know very little about. Uh, every episode up to now, I've at least had a good amount of knowledge about. But this one will be me learning along with you, although you probably all at home know a lot more than I do. <laughs> but um, uh, something that's remained timely for 20, 30 years, I think at this point almost. Um, but yeah, so that's what we will get into. And so my guest, uh, I'm, what am I beating around the bush for? We're going to talk about Pokemon today. Um, my guest is Nerdist's digital platform manager. You may have also seen her as the host of long form videos about, uh, the scream franchise. And I believe the Friday the 13th. Oh, and nightmare before uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Those are the three you did. No, Halloween. I, I, I did not end up doing a Nightmare on Elm Street one. Oh, so that's okay. like one of the Halloween. only ones. I knew... I did. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Well, there's I always talked this... about. There's always uh, I talked one. about Nightmare on Elm Street too briefly in a uh, video I did about uh, queer horror, but uh, the, not the entire franchise. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Maybe one day <laughs> there will be Freddy maybe one day in the future. <laughs> Um, yeah, everybody, it's Allison Mattig- Mattingly. Ooh. My <laughs> throat did not want to say that word. Hello, <laughs> Allison Mattingly, everybody. Um, how are you doing? I'm the- great. Thank you uh, so much for having me on the, the show. It's of very course. exciting. <laughs> very excited to have you on. Um, and as a new guest, of course, we get to get to know you a little bit, which is a little thing we call the Nerdy Nine, uh, where you just pick a number between one and nine, and then uh, we go about what your favorite thing is attached to that number. Everyone knows it. I don't need to explain it anymore. (laughs) Although I, uh, pick a number, please between one and nine. Uh, I I'll do seven. Okay. Number seven. (laughs) What is your favorite theme song? Theme song. Um, I feel like I have to go with the King of the Hill theme song. uh... (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> I, I listen to King of the Hill when I go to sleep at night, and so nice. uh, it's uh, when I, I, I hear that song, my cats know it's time for bed when they hear the cowbell and the, the guitar and everything. So that's a bit of a raucous song to go to sleep to. I know <laughs> my uh, my ex would uh, bring that up sometimes. It'd be like, I, "How do you fall asleep to this when it's like the most like." just uh loud and obnoxious uh country uh opening to a, a show yeah. possible <laughs> well it's funny because like the show is certainly fairly low-key like i wouldn't i yeah. wouldn't say that it's a particularly like loud show often but yeah the the uh theme music is really loud and then actually i i a few years ago was trying to use the joy of painting the bob ross show as my go okay. to sleep show but the <laughs> ending themes actually the beginning and ending theme song is so loud that it's like it's it's not it's not like rocking it's just loud kind of yeah music and it was just like god it would wake me up every single time but that's <laughs> that's been an issue because my wife watches stuff to go to sleep and it's yeah. like i'm always like hey <laughs> gotta <laughs> yeah. find something with a with either no theme song a shorter theme song or a quieter theme song how i met your mother was a terrible theme song to go oh, try to yeah. go to sleep too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But is it actually your favorite theme song or is it just the one you hear the most? Um, I feel like it's my favorite. I'm trying to think of like other like theme songs that like would maybe compete with it. Uh, 
Uh, well, I mean, like right now, I'm, I'm watching through One Piece, so that one is also stuck in oh, my sure. head right now. The uh, the opening for that, at least, like I, th- I think they change it up at some point, but like the the first like arc of uh, or the first saga of of episodes has like the same song, and so I, I've been watching that for like the past like couple of weeks, and it's just like burnt into my brain right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I love stuff like that where there's there are certain shows where I refuse, even if it says skip intro, I'm not yeah. going to skip that intro because it's like, oh yeah, I love that. I love the song. Oh, Bojack Horseman's another good one. There you go. Um, yeah, a lot of animated stuff. Yeah, I'm a big animation fan. Ninety uh, percent of what I watch <laughs> is animation. No, I'm I'm with you. I I love it. Um, cool. Well, that's a great one, and that is your first nerdy nine. <laughs> more to come you have to be on here at least eight more times perfect <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we wanted so um one of the first um conversations you and i had once the podcast was kind of going i was like you know what would you want to come in and talk about and right away you said pokemon which was yeah. a surprise to me because i assumed it would be because i know you're a big horror buff i thought it would be yeah. horror related and we'll of course have you back on in halloween nerdoween yeah 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 I, I feel like i have to restrain my horror uh yeah. <laughs> hyperfixation to like at yeah. least the last quarter of the year i understand <laughs> it's way too hot here in los angeles for yeah yeah, I know. Like Target stores already have their Halloween stuff out. Oh like, yeah, it's too hot. Michaels, I, <laughs> I was there uh, like a couple weekends ago. Whenever I first got back to town, because uh, I, I was out of town for a little bit, and I came back and I went to Michaels, and all the Halloween stuff was out. I was like, "How long was I gone? What? Why is this out already in the middle of July?" <laughs> it's so <laughs> strange, but hey, but it has. You know, they have to sell off all their Halloween stuff by early September so that they can do Thanksgiving stuff for two weeks. I was pissed off. Actually, let's let's open this soapbox. There was back to school <laughs> stuff like right after 4th of July. And it's like, how dare oh, yeah. you? How yeah. dare you? Well, I mean, I feel like they they're starting back early. Like my, my brother is a teacher. So like I, I was on vacation with my family and like, yeah, like they they start back like mid like to late July now. It's good. Can you <laughs> imagine like... as a kid? Going back oh to school God. in July. Like, I know kids today. I mean, first of all, what's the matter with kids today? But second of all, <laughs> um, like, they don't know any different, I guess, or won't really. Yeah. But like, July is the the summertime. You still have yeah. most of August left. I remember going back maybe like the week before or the second to last week of August or something like that. Maybe it was the yeah. earliest I ever went back. I feel like it was always like in my memory, like how I always remembered it. It was like I, I always get them confused, but it's like Memorial Day ends the school year and Labor Day begins the school year. I mean, it's yeah, reversed. I can't remember much, which yeah. one of those comes first, but like that, yeah. yeah, it was like always those two like nothing holidays, um, <laughs> not nothing holidays. I shouldn't say that, but like uh, you know, it's uh, the like middle of the year holidays. Yeah, that... <laughs> they're the Monday, the Mondays off holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, there's definitely, and now, you know, whatever, we can get into the school system on a different yeah. show, but I just find it, it's, it's remarkable to me that kids are already back in school and it's, it, yeah. as we record this, it's August 2nd and kids are already back in school for a while. It's yeah. Bananas. But yeah. we're not here to talk about children, although we are here to talk about a children thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Pokemon has been around for 30 years. Uh, there are yeah, bats going, have, going on it. Yeah. Um, cause I remember Japan, it has been, <laughs> yeah, I, I, rem- I mean the cartoon was the big, cause I know there was the game. Um, and then the cartoon came out of the game. 
But yeah. I, I remember that being a really big thing and not so much for me, but for my brother was really into it. Mm-hmm. The show, we watched it every day after school. And then he got really into, he never got the video games, but he was really into the cards and the, little, oh, yeah, like, yeah. the little like toys. The mini get, figures. The mini yeah. things. Yeah. So he was super into those and we would have little battles and stuff. And he would always be, he would always like, I won't say cheat, but he would always be like, (laughs) surreptitiously, he has Mewtwo. So it's like, well, of course you're going to win. He's the best one. But anyway, so I watched a a lot of that. And I I feel like around the time of um, when they switched to the Johto League, that was about, which Mm -hmm. was G2 stuff. That was about the time I, I stopped really caring that much. I've kept up with just knowing that there are more and more Pokemons coming out. Uh, games mm-hmm. and everything and the, the cartoon has been on forever too um, oh yeah but that's kind of it that's and you know and i saw detective pikachu but that does really count yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um what is it for you and why like why in 2023 are you a pokemon <laughs> fanatic uh yeah so i mean i i feel like i've been a lifelong pokemon fan like it, it's kind of come in waves so like you know whenever whenever it first hit here and, and, and you know pokemania took over uh like i was definitely like the right age the right time for that to come out and i i do remember like uh i my first introduction to it was through the video games because like i remember distinctly like me i have two older siblings i have a brother and a sister and like every now and then like my parents would let each of us pick out a video game to buy um, when we go to the store and i remember my brother got red my sister got blue and I got Gex the Gecko because <laughs> my parents didn't believe in buying two of the same game. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I didn't get my own copy of it, but I, I lived vicariously through my siblings as they started playing it. And then, um, you know, like my sister to this day is still super into it. We play online a lot, which is really great. Something I love about the Pokemon like franchise is like mm-hmm. that sense of like community and and stuff and you know now more than ever like you know with online gameplay and everything even though she lives in tennessee like you know we can still do terror raids with this new uh with scarlet and violet and stuff like that and trade pokemon it's great um but uh so i i got introduced to it through the game and then i became more of like all-encompassing pokemon with like the tv show and the trading cards and stuff like that i think my sister played the trading cards a little bit with me my brother was the first to drop out because he, he's older. And so like, he mm. really wasn't as like uh, into it. Although he did, uh, I do remember early on as we like, we're all really starting to get into it. My brother found like a like early internet, like printout of uh, the Pokedex. So like we had like a, a, a physical like Pokedex that we could like reference to find out like what level stuff evolves at, what like movesets were. I don't know where he found it, but like, early like you know uh internet pdf he found and printed out and like full color all this stuff and uh i'm sure my parents uh were very upset because he probably used like an entire ink cartridge to do it uh but we were we were like all in (laughs) We, we were all in on pokemon and then uh i stayed pretty consistent with it all the way you know i i saw the, I think the first three movies which I think are the only ones that were released theatrically I saw all three of those in theaters wow. I um, I played all the games up until probably like Diamond and Pearl which is like Gen 4 was probably like the last one I have like really distinct memories of playing and that's probably like when I was starting to get in like middle school like verging on high school when that one came out and 
after that, I kind of stopped for a bit, a little bit. So like end of middle school, like into, into high school, like I really wasn't playing as much um, until I got into college. And then it was like, okay, to play, <laughs> you know, to play again, uh, you know, because you have to go through that like awkward time where, you know, the stuff you played as kids and stuff is not cool anymore. And uh, you have to pretend <laughs> yeah. not to like it. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of stopped for a bit. And then uh, when I was in college, I think I, I bought a 3DS specifically to play uh, the Ruby and Sapphire remakes. And that kind of got me back into it a little bit again. I played that. I played uh, Sun and Moon. I think I started playing X and Y. I don't think I finished it. And then I kind of fell off of it again. And then when the Switch came around, uh, I still like I, I every time there's like a new Kanto remake, I'm always like going to go back to Gen 1 and, sure. you know, play that. It's like, let's go. Pikachu and Eevee were really fun. I love playing those. Uh, and Sword and Shield were like, all right. Like, I, you know, I think the general like, uh, consensus among the fan base is like, eh, they're all right. But uh, Scarlet and Violet, which has varying degrees of uh, <laughs> ranking among fans, but Scarlet and Violet for me is what has completely reignited my love of Pokemon, uh, which is like the most recent generation mm. that came out la- at the end of last year. And uh, before that, too, was uh, Legends Arceus, or Arceus, however you want to pronounce it. But uh, that was another one that like th- these like most recent Pokemon games have really reignited my love for it. And so I've just been really uh, all in on that again. And then I recently also started getting it back into the trading card game, which is another uh, can of worms hyperfixation that I've been on. So it's been uh, there's been a resurgence. I, I've I've rediscovering my faith in uh, Pokemon. <laughs> <recently>. <laughs> well, it's so funny. You mentioned that about like going in waves of like, mm-hmm. Uh, both feeling like it's too juvenile for you, but then also just kind of not enjoying that stuff because I feel like a few years ago, I don't remember which it must've been around the time that the switch um, game was coming out. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, not feeling left out, but I'm just being like, you know what? Like I kind of, and you know, there was all the stuff about detect Pikachu as well. And I was just like, yeah. Um, so I found an emulator and I played yellow on my, on my laptop, but <laughs> yeah the emulator of the of the yeah. uh, game boy game and then like um i tried to watch uh the kanto uh, uh, you know uh episodes of pokemon again because that was yeah. like and it, here's my thing with the the anime is that i think by and large the voice cast of the english dub was good and 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 continue to be good but mm-hmm the pace of that show drove me insane <laughs> as, yeah. as a teenager and also as an adult, like it drove me nuts because it's so like, you can't, I don't know. There's so many episodes and more than half yeah. of the runtime is spent with team rocket reintroducing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then them yeah. being, our heroes being surprised that team rockets there. It's literally every episode. <laughs> How are you still surprised? It's yeah, I I recently tried going back and rewatching cuz they're all on net, or at least like the I think the the I don't even know how they describe it like the Indigo League. Oh, the Indigo or, League. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for like all the like Kanto stuff is on Netflix. And so like, I I went back and started watching some of the episodes. And I was just like, you know, 
<laughs> this doesn't yeah like it's very frustrating with the pace i was like i remember this being so much more like exciting to watch and like there are some yeah. episodes that, like i remember watching like obviously like you know all the ones wherever ash finds like his starter pokemon like the charmander one is, mm-hmm. is great and stuff like that and the squirtle squad but like for the most part like once i got past that like kind of initial like run of episodes i was just like so this is kind of like him meandering around for yeah you know 60 episodes um i mean longer yeah. than that because like uh you know i know that's a thing too because yeah I, I didn't really watch like the show beyond like the like gen one stuff like i think i wa- i remember watching a little bit of whenever they go to like the johto region yeah. and stuff and like i guess i watched the movies but i, I didn't really like consistently keep up with the show after that and then like especially like as they started getting to like all the different regions and everything like i don't even know how many different series they've had but i know that they like just wrapped up uh ash's episode like it's in the anime like uh like this year uh they wrapped up ash's story and so like they're gonna start with a new one or it's already started in japan but they like with the scarlet and violet era they're going to start with a new protagonist like whole like new story so i'm excited about that because i might check that out but like uh yeah the (laughs) the fact that ash like has only like won like he's become he's finally become the pokemon champion after like 30 years and so like apparently they always find a way for him to like lose in the end of every single series so he doesn't become a champion (laughs) um so i it feels very like how do you how do you maintain that like excitement over this time period yeah no kidding like i was just looking at the the list of you know seasons or whatever the indigo league is 82 episodes that is two oh my episodes. <laughs> and then they go to the orange isles for 36 episodes and then the johto league starts which is 41 episodes and then the second season of that is 52 episodes and that was wow. that uh that ended in 2001 and that was about the time that I was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was yeah. just too much. And it's like, who who has the time to try to learn all the new generation of Pokemon? I know there are kids yeah. out there who do. Oh, um, yeah. That's, I feel so like, you know, because that's the thing. It's like, it, it's interesting, like, hey, coming back into it where it's like, you know, I remember back in the day, like, yeah, like. Yeah, I feel, always feel like an old curmudgeon when I'm like, yeah, you know, back in my <laughs> back day, in my there day, were 151 yeah, Pokemon. And, uh, you know, now it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I play the card game uh, and I've been really getting into that. And so it's like, if it's not one of the original, like 151 or like, uh, you know, like I guess like, I know vaguely up through like the first like four generations. But if it's anything beyond that, I'm always kind of like that one i don't know like or like you know if i'm attacking i'm like yeah i'm gonna attack uh, whatever that one is right there because i don't know the name of it <laughs> off the top of my head but there's yeah. like i think they just with scarlet and violet they just reached i think they're over a thousand pokemon now wow well yeah i would yeah. assume so Jeez, yeah but like i have a a passing knowledge i think of some of the starting pokemon because every time there's a new game they're always like here's yeah. your three starters or whatever mm-hmm. and so i always find those kind of interesting but like i never i mean i, I again i did with the johto league stuff but like or g i guess that's g2 but um yeah i i never really dove in past that but what was i think that must have been the one with the switch was the one one of them was an owl right um yeah that's um i could not i think, sound I think less that cool one right now by the way <laughs> one of them is an owl. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember because I, I get some of the starters uh, confused in terms of what generation they are. I think yeah. uh, Rowlet might be Gen 
uh, it might be the I think it's Gen Seven. I think that's Sun and Moon era because yeah, okay, yeah. Gen Seven is Rallet. Uh, so Gen Eight was the last one with the uh, was was Sword and Shield, and that one had some de- like you know I, I think like starters are usually like a mixed bag for me where it's like there's usually like one I always latch on to, and then I will. It's a very easy decision, and I will say like with um. <clears throat> With Scarlet and Violet, one of the my favorite things about it is the new starters are are incredible. Uh, I was talking with Lee, uh, our social media manager, about this recently, where I was like, it's easily like the best like all around starters I think that the the series has had in a long time. And again, I, I would say that like there are so many things about uh, about this new generation with Scarlet and Violet that was you know to me uh, it just felt like a breath of fresh air in in this in this franchise and like. Uh, this is like the first like truly open world version uh, okay, yeah. of the game, which was another one. I mean, it's like it's not a huge world that you're playing in, but like it's still like it was a really interesting way of like changing things up. And like, you know, in terms of the story, like you didn't have to do like uh, the uh, like there, it wasn't super linear. Like it was still like kind of like you have like guardrails to be like, Hey, you should maybe do this or you should maybe do that. Like you can't, like you could potentially go to like find your way to the final gym after just starting and get destroyed by it. But like, (laughs) you know, yeah. uh, but you had this freedom and they're like three different storylines you can follow and you can kind of like choose to do it at your own pace. You could go and just do like this one storyline all the way through and be fine. Like it's, uh, it was just a really interesting approach and the story was really great. I loved how they did it. And like, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough good things about Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> so was it, what was it about? I mean, other than just the, the open worldness of it and like, I've, I've seen images of it. It looks, it looks really gorgeous, but like, what was it about this game specifically that, um, brought you back and like really got you reignited? Cause like it, for, as a, as a lay person, a person who does not play <laughs> any of these games, they don't seem all that dissimilar from each other. So like, um, I mean, and they, and they aren't, to be honest, uh, and that's, that's always been a critique of the Pokemon franchise has, has been sort of like, okay, it's, it's the same game just with like a different, like coat of paint. Sure. Um, and, and definitely like in the early generations, I, I would argue that that was very true. Like, you know, it was always sort of this format and stuff, but like, and, and there are like a lot of the like base ingredients that are in Scarlet and Violet that have always been throughout the series. But like, I think what really made this one interesting for me is, um, you know, I enjoyed it. Like uh, there, there are some things that like have been sort of like peppered in, like, and slowly kind of developing in the series. Like uh, one of the things that I really love that I feel like was really perfected in this one, or well, I guess like Legends Arceus had it too. Um, where and I and Pokemon Go or not Pokemon Go, but uh, Pokemon Let's Go also had it where the Pokemon were uh, in the overworld. So like when you're walking, like it's not just like you're walking through tall grass and then you'll get a random encounter. Um, so like that was something that I really enjoyed, like because then like it really felt like you're, you know, you're hunting, not, not hunting, right. but like <laughs> you know, you're you're searching for these creatures and like. Uh, Scarlet and Violet is the very first time I have ever completed my Pokédex uh, in a wow. game, which was really... I felt very accomplished. I got a certificate and everything in the game. I <laughs> um, I, I felt very proud of, of 
completing all like uh I can't you remember how many Pokemon. <laughs> you should use your parents' ink cartridge and print out the certificate yeah. <laughs> just to be like full circle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just use so much uh, ink on those. Yeah. I need it full color. <laughs> it's gonna be Hang it on your um, wall. Get it framed, actually. I gotta get, get it framed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll throw out my college degree. It's <laughs> hasn't done anything for me, anyways. I need my. Uh, <laughs> I need my Pokemon. I don't even uh, know where my Pokedex. college degree is. I bet my mom has it somewhere. I was, I don't even know where. It, I think it's like in a box in my storage unit down by my parking spot. <laughs> um, I've never never had it framed. My college that I went to does not exist anymore. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, that's well. It it got absorbed by Belmont University, so oh, okay. uh, it exists some capacity. But uh, <laughs> it's not like Bob's University or something like that. No, no, it was it was Watkins College of Art, Design, and Film. <laughs> but it uh, that sounds yeah. official. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, official-ish. It was uh, you know it 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 was accredited while I was there, and I. Got my degree, and now it's it's in a box somewhere. And that's really what most people do with their degrees, unless you're a unless you're a uh, psychiatrist and you leave it on the wall behind you in your office. That's yeah. basically everybody else just leaves it somewhere else, a box. Yeah. The rest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you saying that you um, completed your Pokédex like was something that like I was going to ask about specifically because I do think that there is a huge part of Pokemon. The fun of it is is the collector because we're all like nerds yeah. about stuff and we all collect stuff in some fashion or another. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of literally you must catch them all. That is yeah. part and parcel to it. And <laughs> and that kind of like um, treasure seeker aspect of it. But then also like look at all the things I have. Like there's yeah. that <laughs> huge part of it. Like um, we me i'll speak for myself but like i love looking at my possessions like it's just yeah. like i love having big shelves that have lots of stuff on them so that i can go like this is me in a in a bookshelf form or whatever um yeah and and like i'm sure you like is there like when you look through your pokédex and you just be like mm-hmm. i remember when i caught this one like it was blah you know like you have the the yeah. stories along with it kind of thing yeah absolutely and that was what was really fun about like going through because like you know uh and i I think that's part of the fun of pokemon too is like that that constant like playability like you know i i finished like the story of scarlet and violet whenever like over the holiday break uh so like around new year's i probably finished up like the main story for it and then i kind of put it down for a while and then i went back to it uh earlier in this year and I was kind of like, well, let's kind of see like what the, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to like, let's see how many Pokemon I have in my Pokedex. And I had like probably like around like 200 probably already in my Pokedex. And so I was like, well, let's try it. Let's let's try and finish it. And so then it's just sort of like going through and finding the Pokemon. And like, you know, there is this like, yeah, like it's just this collecting sort of thing and like seeing. Uh, and I really love the way that they display um the Pokedex in Scarlet and Violet 2 is really cool. Like they have it where like each Pokemon entry is like a book on a bookshelf. And so it's like seeing each of those getting filled in was like really satisfying to me. <laughs> and <laughs> um, yeah. And like there are certain ones where it's like you have to evolve them. So like you can't catch them in the wild. And like some of them have like really, uh, you know, 
kind of like tedious uh, methods of evolving. Like there are two in particular that were like, you had to, uh, the only way to evolve them was by like walking a thousand steps or something like that with them outside of their Pokeball with you. And so you have to walk a thousand steps and then level them up. And so it's like, yeah, like those are the ones that I'm like, okay, like it's a grind trying to get them. And then like, you know, there's some where it's like, you know, you have to trade in order to evolve them. So like, that's when my sister and I started really playing online together when I was like, hey, so like, you have, you have Scarlet, I have Violet, I need some of your Pokemon. Uh, and so we would like trade Pokemon. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like that sort of like, that's the nature of Pokemon, I feel like from its inception uh, was that like community aspect of it. Like mm. you said, it was always like, got to catch them all. Um, and although like, Interestingly, that that uh, phrase, like that catchphrase, was dropped after Gen two. So uh, I think it was like Gen three forward. They no longer had the gotta catch them all because like it just wasn't feasible to have uh, a national dex. Um, or like, well, it wasn't like I'm trying to remember because I've like re- I've researched all this stuff. I got really deep into the <laughs> the lore now. I'm trying to remember, but like because um, they did have a national dex, I think all the way up through sword and shield and i think sword and shield may have been the last one without a national dex and then like the because yeah like this one like they i think they've kind of taken the approach now where it's just like they have a set of new pokemon and then they have kind of like a hodgepodge of different pokemon from different generations that they include as well um because it used to be i think like before sword and shield like i think with sun and moon and everything like you could conceivably catch every single Pokemon that's ever been available um, in those games. And so it's, yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) it's great. But I, you know, like I said, it's just like that playability, like some people are all in on that. Like I got into shiny hunting, which was a thing like I had never really explored before uh, in the post game where you try and find like these different like color variants that will come up with Pokemon. Um, Just like you have like random encounters with like, uh, I, a blue Psyduck or you know stuff like that where it's like <laughs> um and it's like the most minute thing but it's like I I have dedicated hours to shiny hunting at this point um, and it's just like this the most tedious thing um, so yeah because that's like I assume like in other you know like RPG games where like it's it, it, you could find one but it'll take you forever because it's like a one in 13 chance that it'll happen or something like that. oh it's like one in like 500 like one in a thousand chances like there are ways of like it's because yeah that's the thing too is it's like it's a numbers game and so like with shiny hunters like the people that are super into it like the time and dedication that goes into it is like i salute them i don't have that amount of patience but it's like you can like i think the intention is just like oh like if you find one in the wild like you could you know chance encounter it and it's just like a cool thing that happens but like you can uh like once you complete the pokedex you get something called a shiny charm and that helps like lower like or that that helps increase i guess your odds of finding encountering one and then also there's a mechanic in sword and shield like with sandwiches where you can set up a picnic and you can make sandwiches. And depending sure. on the type of sandwich you make, you can also increase your odds of encountering a shiny of a specific type. Um, so. 
Cool, cool. <laughs> and Kyle, if you really want to get into shiny hunting uh, or shiny breeding, shiny farming, you can also uh, get dittos from a different uh, country than the one you're in. If you do international trading, you can get uh, a ditto from outside of your country. If you breed it with a Pokemon in your country, then you increase your likelihood of it spawning a shiny egg. Uh, <laughs> it's just like little things like that that I had no idea about when I was playing as a kid. And now I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things about Pokemon that like, I was like, I thought I liked Pokemon before, but like, I, you know... <laughs> Some people really, really like Pokemon and really get into this nitty gritty stuff and like IV training and like natures and all these things that I did not think about when I was a kid playing uh, that are really just like next level. So I have a, I have a few questions about what you just said. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what like Pokemon breeding yeah. can can cross species or is it only if it's a ditto? Uh, only if it's a ditto, I believe. I think there are maybe some that you can, but like, I, I think the primary method is with dittos. So either, either you need to like have two of the same Pokemon in your party to, to breed. And like, it's also, cha- it also changed with, uh, Scarlet and Violet because it used to be that you had to go to like the daycare center, uh, in each town. And then like, you would leave your, your Pokemon there and you'd come back and they would, they would breed and have eggs. Um, like you do. <laughs> um, all Pokemon come from eggs? All of them. Uh, all of them, I think. Yes, except Even for the like... the mammal ones. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Pokemon are... Uh, po- Pokemon all come from eggs. Uh, except for like legendaries, which have their own lore and stuff. And sure. There's like... <laughs> so much. So much. Uh, there's a, a whole rabbit hole. Legendary Pokemon, aren't a lot of the med- legendary Pokemon's birds... <laughs> Uh, no, so okay, uh, okay. So if we want to get into like real Pokemon yeah. lore here, uh, so uh, Arceus is like the god of Pokemon, like is like uh, the creator of all. Uh, so like I'm trying to remember all the lore here. So it's like then uh, Arceus created Mew, who is like the first oh, okay. Pokemon, and then created. Uh, I think Ho-Oh and Lugia, because Lugia is the sea and Ho-Oh is the sky. Then Groudon and Crydon are uh, the earth and water. <laughs> and then, uh, oh my god, uh, Palkia and Dialga are space and time, I think. There's so many. Uh, I'm trying to okay. remember them all. And then, like, but then it's so funny. Like, everyone jokes about like Scarlet and Violet because then you get up to Scarlet and Violet, and it was like a really unique approach to the legendaries because, for one, you get them from like the beginning of the game, uh, and they're not really like any sort of like you know mythical beast or anything like that. They're like uh, spoilers for Scarlet and Violet, but you find out that uh there's there's time travel involved or like there's a time machine and so the the legendaries from scarlet and violet are future and past versions of uh a gen 9 pokemon called cyclozar and i think that's how you pronounce its name but like uh so like coridon is the ancient version of this pokemon and then uh maridon is the future version of this pokemon and they love sandwiches <laughs> oh it all like, comes back to sandwiches and all co- oh. it, it all all comes back to sandwiches it all comes back to sandwiches because that's how you unlock their like powers throughout the game so like 
you you ride the the Pokemon throughout the games, and like as you uh, capture these Titan Pokemon, or or not capture them, but you confront these t- Titan Pokemon to help out with one of the side quests. Uh, you unlock abilities for your Coridon or your Maridon. So like it can climb walls or it can fly or it can surf. Um, and then uh, that's how you unlock it. And then at the end, you find out that uh, the one kid's parents are, are dead. Swerve did not see that coming at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's a very depressing uh, Pokemon story. So, like one of the main kids, Arvin, who's like one of your friends along with Quest or whatever, he's the one who's like he's the sandwich kid. He's the one who teaches you how to make sandwiches, and then you make them every time you give them to. Doesn't know how to make sandwiches. (laughs) All right, it's very challenging. It's very challenging. Wait, so it goes between the bread? How are you supposed to do this? I, I don't know. I miss the bread half the time. It's very challenging. You got to practice. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you find out like his, well, depending on the version you play. So if you're playing Violet, it's his father. And if it's a, if you're playing Scarlet, it's his mother or the professor. But I, my question is, uh, like, do the version exclusives, like, are they alternate timelines where like the other parent is alive and well, or do both versions mean that both of his parents are dead? Because you find out at the end, like when you go to the crater, wherever, where Area Zero is, where all these paradoxes are happening, and you find like an Android version of his mom or his dad, depending on the version you play, and you find out that basically they died or they're trapped in the pa- the future or the past or wherever they visited. And like, this is like some sort of like AI program they created. And his parents are dead. And that's like... <laughs> That's the that's the end of the game is you find out like, oh, yeah, your your mom or your dad was a robot and they're not coming back because you think that he, like he's like upset that his parents are never around. And it's like they're dead. Turns out they're <laughs> so, dead or a robot or both or, or both. Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very bleak and dark. And then everyone's like, well, let's ride off in our sandwich dragon. It's fine. In it? On it, sorry, okay. on on our, on our <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I don't know, like you could really, yeah. you could also be making up all of this, and I just am like, yeah, wow, you never that know. Really cool, yeah, I would have no yeah. idea. So that's that actually a lot really of Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Digi- Digimon is digital monsters, obviously. Uh, I, I was also a big fan of Digimon as well, uh, growing up. St- and that one's still not. I mean, it's not as prolific, but the. The anime, I think, is still on, or at least was until yeah, only they, a few years ago. Yeah, I I know that they, like, did uh, some, like, I don't know if it was, like, a straight-up reboot or remake. Like, I know they did something with, like, the original, like, characters from, like, uh, like 1 and 2, like, Adventures 1 and 2 for Digimon recently. But I, I have not kept up with them. That's another one that's, like... When I look at that one, I'm just like, oh, my God, that's like that's really overwhelming with like the lore and and like everything. Uh, I don't even I don't even attempt to keep up with Digimon. <laughs> um, well, I mean, <laughs> you've got enough on your plate with all this. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard enough time making sandwiches. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, boy, I, we could get into more of that stuff. And actually, I think that would be fun. But. Uh, I do want to talk to you also about the tournament that just happened because um, I know you followed that fairly extensively. But yeah, uh, before we get into that, uh, let's take a break. Be right. right back after this with more things. <laughs> <All right>. Oh, <laughs> no, not that. 
This is the first time using uh, the sound cla- sound drop here in the thing. Uh, let's take a break right after this. All right. And we're back there. I clicked it right. Um, okay. So tournament. What? Tournament. I mean, is it just like a a normal oh. like <laughs> okay so now we're gonna get the, well, all right let's get into pokemon play all right so beyond the video games like one of the other worlds of pokemon that has really like just captured my uh hyper fixation uh is the world of like competitive pokemon and let me mm-hmm. tell you it is a well-oiled machine it's so great uh so um there's actually like a season uh every year or like you know i guess it bridges so like uh the first like the biggest tournament of the year is pokemon worlds uh which is actually about to happen so that one comes uh, that that is happening uh not this weekend but i believe next weekend uh is is worlds and that Mm. is like the like the olympics of pokemon in all its capacity so you have uh the video game championships uh, which is like competitive, uh, just like standard battle. Um, I think I believe it's like, you know, your team of six or your team of three or whatever. Uh, just straight up Pokemon battles. You have Pokemon Go um, competitions for that. And then that you have the trading happens? card games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go is still happening. Pokemon Go is uh, is still big, still big competitive. Uh, <laughs> competitive Sidebar, do you Pokemon remember uh, when Hillary Clinton went, Pokemon go to the polls. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. How could I feel that? That's what got me into politics. <laughs> <laughs> she gets it. This lady gets it. Uh, I'm, I'm legitimately surprised to hear that it is still not, not, not maybe that it's a thing, but that it's still like a thing that can be competitive. Go out into yeah. the AR world and catch stuff. <laughs> Well, it's, I think it's the battling part of it that they do, like because right. you can battle in Pokemon Go, which, uh, yeah, I, I, I never really got super, super into Pokemon Go. Like every now and then, I'll, I'll still play it because there's like there's a Pokemon stop. Uh, there are two Pokemon stops right by my apartment, and there's actually one right outside of the office that I can swipe from my desk at work. So <laughs> whenever I'm there. <laughs> So whenever I have some downtime, I just I catch some Pokemon and and swipe the Pokemon stop. But uh, but yeah, Pokemon Go is another category, and uh, I don't know if there's anything. I'm trying to think if there's another category that they have competitions in because um, they don't do. I don't think they do Poke Tekken or like whatever it's called, the like fighting game anymore. Um, but yeah, so like the world championships are like the end of the year, like it ends the season. It's like the biggest thing. And, uh, beyond that, they have like last month, there was the, uh, North American international championships, which are like sort of the last step before world. So they do the regional championships or the international championships in Europe, uh, and North America, and I, <laughs> other places as well. <laughs> Probably Japan, I'm going to guess. Probably ja- yeah, I'm trying to remember if, like, they, uh, what other ones they do. Like, I mean, yeah, I would assume, like, there's probably, like, uh, Japan and, and uh, I, I'm trying to think, like, if they do, like, an Australian one or, like, if they, like, where all they do, the, the international. Um, but, you know, uh, anyways, they do, they do the international championships and then they also do a, um, 
they do regionals every year. So like my my Pokemon group that I am a part of for uh, one of the local game shops in town, like we have a Facebook group where we chat and stuff. So like they just announced all of their for like the upcoming season, what the regionals are. And so like we're all talking about which ones we're going to try and go to because there's one that's going to be in Los Angeles next year. And then there's going to be one in Sacramento in October that I think some of us are talking about going to. But uh, that's like where you uh, so in order to qualify for Worlds, you have to accrue so many points throughout the season. And so you earn points by competing in tournaments, whether that's local tournaments, whether that's like pre-release events, and you get like points based off of like how well you do or like what level, like what size the event is. And then if you can earn, I believe it's 600 points in a season, you get an invitation to Worlds. So like Worlds is invitational only. You have to qualify to get into it. Mm. And uh, yeah, and it's just, it's wild. It's, you know, the... The trading card game is like the one I've become most invested in because, like, even with the video game, like I, I've been playing it more, and like I, like I said, I've been getting into like shiny hunting and completing my Pokedex and all that stuff. But like, I don't have the like mind for a competitive uh, video game. <laughs> it's just like a whole other level. Like I said, with like IV training and like all, all these things that people like the lengths people go to in order to fine tune their Pokemon and really like understand strategy for that is next level uh but pokemon trading cards like i can i I've, i feel like i've gotten a, a good grasp on the mechanics of that game <laughs> uh so <laughs> that all of this is fascinating to me it, until you started talking about that uh, the trading cards at the end i thought the entire thing was video game based <laughs> so i was like no, so this is entirely trading card like magic the gathering style tournaments but it's pokemon cards yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, uh, yeah. So it's it's everything. Like, uh, oh, the, they do it. Okay, everything. They all, yeah, it's yeah. all under the like the play. Like, so like whenever uh, you can like you register for uh, a trainer ID with Pokemon. Like I said, it's a very like well organized, well functioning sure. machine. Uh, so like you you get a player ID whenever you first start playing, and that ID will follow you across whatever format you want to p- compete in, and. Uh, so, like, I can go onto my account and see, like, what my point totals are for trading card games for the season and all this. And, like, um, you know, like, I, I for a while there, like, back in June, I was, like, I was going to so many different tournaments around uh, this area because, like, I just wanted to play and get, you know, get some experience and stuff. Because, like, I had, I had started to kind of get back into the card game last year. Uh, like last summer, I like started to kind of, you know, dip my toe in and like started checking out some packs and like uh, I played online a little bit, which I highly recommend if anybody is interested in getting into the Pokemon card game. Uh, they have a really great online app um, that I just want to make sure I get this right because they they just recently updated it. So uh, yeah, Pokemon TCG Live is the newest one. They had an old version um but they have uh since created this new one called pokemon tcg live it's completely free to play and uh it's a really really great way of learning because like i know for me like the best like way for my brain to understand like what rules are is to like be in an environment where like i can't do the wrong thing (laughs) or like it it forces Mm. like it puts up those roadblocks so it's like well you can only do this like you know um so like the Pokemon TCG Live is a really great resource if you're wanting to learn how to play. Mm. And then uh, so like with this last so like they just started with the trading card game. They got into the Scarlet and Violet era for that. Um, 
at the beginning of this year. And so like when the newest set or like the second set came out in like June and I really kind of like went all in on that one and really started learning. There's really great like uh, meta type for um, one of the, a few of the new cards that came out in that set that I got and like have built a deck from that's competitive. And like uh, now I'm kind of going to like weekly tournaments at my local game shop and it's uh, it's really it's fun. I love it. And, you know, it's like you can you find all different levels there, like of people that are wanting to play like. You know, I, I would love to try and go to one of the regional events mm-hmm. whenever that happens. Like, I'm for sure going to try and go to the LA one uh, next year. But uh, it's a really great community, and it's it's so much fun. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah. Like, so is it? Sorry, this sounds like I'm the world's dumbest idiot, but like. <laughs> Is, do you go and like watch people do it like a like you're watching a sporting event or is it like you just kind of go around um, from table to table and watch people play chess like at the park or whatever? Um, I mean, it's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, like um, so like these are like the, the, the big events, like the regionals and like the worlds and everything are like these massive, massive events. So like there will be an entire like convention center full of tables of people playing. And uh, so, like, I did watch some of because uh, they do live streams for all the different ones for like the big, big tournaments. And uh, so, like that, the North American International was uh, like last month, and I like I just kind of had them on my TV on YouTube running while I was like doing stuff throughout the day. And so, like, for the, they usually they'll like broadcast like the finals, and they'll have like two people up on a table, you know, on a stage. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like, um, (laughs) trying to like, kind of like poker, I guess how they would film poker. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, So it's like, you know, uh, so the way that the Pokemon trading card game works is like, uh, the way that you win is you have like, um, you have what are called prize cards. So you like at the beginning of every game, like after you get your hand set, like after you like have everything set, you take the top six cards of your deck and put them face down. And then uh, as you, you know, as you defeat their Pokemon, uh, you take prize cards. And so, like, you win the game by taking up all your prize cards. So, like, uh, whenever you're watching a broadcast, they'll have all the all the prize cards face down on a table. But they have, like, you know, it's like a poker where you can see, like, what the prize cards are. Uh Uh, because that you know it's like it is this really interesting thing because it's like it's funny you mentioned like chess like uh like someone described it where it's like it's it's chess but like you also have that element of like chance to it like with poker or like you know it's like it's like chess but you're both playing with different pieces with different rules uh Mm -hmm. because it's like you have to be thinking like three steps ahead of your opponent. You have to be kind of like, it's this really interesting like strategy to it that like, I don't remember as a kid. <laughs> Cause I played a little bit when I was a kid, but like, I think it was like, I don't think anybody was like really playing by the official rules where no. I was, when I was in the schoolyard, you know, it was just sort of like, whatever you want to do, like you're going to do it. And like, nobody's like, you know, keeping score or playing it right. Um, but it's it's this really fascinating thing and like the various strategies that people come up with, like, you know, that's what's really great about too, like watching these tournaments is seeing sort of the meta of the game and seeing the different decks that people are playing and like just like how like people build decks specifically to like counter one specific, you know, deck to go against the meta or like, you know, there's so many different things involved with it that are just like the people that play it are 
you know, it, it's just unbelievable. And and like I said, too, it's it's that element of luck that's also there. So it's like you can have like the best player in the world, but you've got to be lucky that day, you know, because you'd have like really, really good players who if you don't draw well, right, you're sunk. <laughs> so is the is the object like because you could literally stack the deck if you want, like if you wanted to, I guess, like or is it like you have to use a specific um, amount of things or like at a certain you know uh, what i mean like you can't just like hey is my blow everything up card like my little brother yeah. with the, the mewtwo like you can't do that all yeah. the time um well i mean like the game itself like try it does a really good job of trying to like not you know it's like to make sure that nothing is too overpowered or anything mm. like that or like broken in the game um but like you know there's some basic things where it's like you know like you don't have to like have necessarily like a set number of like specific cards or anything like that. You do have to have 60 cards in your deck, Mm. but beyond that, it's really up to you. Like, and even within like certain deck archetypes, like I, I use a deck that is, you know, runs on this engine of, uh, there's a called a card called Chien Pao. It's the Pokemon that I use, and then a card called, uh, Baxcalibur and they kind of synergize with each other. And, within that engine, like people have different variations of that deck. And so it's just trying to find like those 60 cards that are going to help you like take on as many different decks as possible. Cause everybody's deck is going to operate differently. And like, mm. you know, some people use what is called like lost box, which is where, uh, <laughs> you have a lot of like really like one prize card Pokemon that you're trying to like use to, uh, power up and like uh, using the lost zone box like there's a whole bunch of mechanics in it but like uh, that one's a little bit more like uh, nitty gritty and like chipping away at stuff and like you know trying to uh, takes a lot more strategy and thought to it than like you know some are just like power up make something really big that can you know hit hard and try and take as many pi- prize cards as you can and it's just like what deck is going to win like it's it's mm. really like and that's what's great about it is you can play whatever deck you want and like you could have a fighting chance <laughs> like right. it's it's really it's really hard for something to be to like to be so overpowered that it's like unbeatable right and you because you know what's in your deck essentially yeah and so you're like hoping that you get a one of these cards that you know is in there but because you've shuffled it and also it could be one of the prize cards so like yeah that's- yeah that's the thing too it's yeah prize cards you know that's that's the thing is like some people are like will be like well i you know like there are cards that let you search your deck for stuff and they'll look through and it's like well i'm i don't see the card that i need here it means it's prized and they'll like concede because they have no way of winning right. <laughs> um that is fascinating and so it's it's like it's the same basic thing which is catching mon like the storyline catching monsters yeah. <laughs> training monsters fighting monsters all that stuff um but between the the video game and the card game it sounds like they're completely like they're using the exact same thing to operate on completely different like levels no. of um of game essentially like they've, yeah. they've made two games or like maybe even three games i guess if you if you count um no four Wow, Detective Pikachu. Does Detective Pikachu count as a Pokemon game, really? Yeah. Or is it just yeah, a game that has Pokemon in it? 
<laughs> that's like there are all these like third party games or i don't know if they're technically third party but like you know there was like a whole era especially like with the ds where you saw like mystery dungeon and and pinball and all these other like pokemon licensed games that were like i, I never even touched as a kid well, and I'm yeah. like, are, are these yeah. like does this count is this really <laughs> like there's all those there, whatever company that is that makes the branded pinball like boy oh yeah a racket because like all you have to do is, <laughs> is just change the the whatever you call that like the the png filter basically like <laughs> that's all you have to do it's the same exact game yeah. um that's yeah that's super fascinating because i knew that the pokemon cards were a thing but i did not yeah. realize that it was so like that you could go to world championships yeah your deck of pokemon cards that you've been playing it's it's wild like i they uh the pokemon youtube channel uh recently like last month like put out um this like series of like videos that was like a little mini documentary series that was called like the road to worlds where they they followed these different players who were like champions throughout you know their life like leading up to like the world championship last year uh and like some of them were so like the 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 way that it functions too is that like it's broken up into divisions and so like there's like uh, a juniors division which is like i can't remember if if there's a minimum but it's like up through like the age of 13 then it's seniors is like up to like the age of 18 and then beyond 18 you're in the master's division but like there were some kids that like had been playing in the juniors division i think like one of them was like it was his last year in juniors and like they talk about they're like yeah like you know he was really good at it and like you know from like a young age like the age of like six or something like was getting paid to like travel the world and play because like you win big money at these tournaments too like if you come in first like you know you can make some serious cash and like the other thing with worlds too is like depending on how many points you accrue throughout the year you could have like your travel expenses to whatever country because it's like again like the olympics where it changes every time right uh so it's like you could travel the world doing this and it's you know (laughs) it's just yeah i can't imagine (laughs) Um, i've definitely known some people who have done that or at least on on various levels done that with video games because that's that's yeah that's a huge thing but like to to know that you can do that with cart because i know well i know magic the gathering is enormous so yeah yeah that one doesn't surprise me all that much (laughs) but um but the fact that you could do that with Pokemon cards too, like I, th- this is a world that is very, cause I am very much a, uh, I play solo video games that do <laughs> not have that neither online nor in-person co-op play. I play by myself because I want to have my mind go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like I, I would probably consider playing one of the newer Pokemon video games, but like, yeah, the idea of like taking the time to learn and collect and like practice <laughs> playing these card games. Like it's an, it's an actual, like, you know, the same way anybody plays anything like any, any sort of, um, you know, tabletop game or anything like that. Like you, you have to really put in some time if you want to be good at it. Like D and D again, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember last year, like when I was very first kind of trying to dip my toe back into a trading card game, like I tried building a deck myself and like it was terrible. And I, I went to like my very, because I've been playing online and then I was like, I'm going to go try and, and do this in like the, the local card shop here in Burbank. And I went and I was like, got destroyed and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I know this at all. But, uh, you know, this. And that's you know because I did try learning magic like when I very 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 first started working at at Nerdist uh, like five years ago when we 
uh, with the Geek and Sundry team was doing Spell Slingers, um, right. the Magic the Gathering show. And like uh, one of my co, you know, uh, my, my boss at the time, he was a really big magic player and he taught me how to play. And like magic was so like overwhelming and the people yeah. that play magic are so overwhelming. Um, typically, it's yeah. it, there's no mercy in magic. But like I found with Pokemon, like there really is like the community there is like, again, you have so many different like levels of player like the age range the skill range like everybody is very welcoming which is really nice at least in like the groups that i've encountered um and you know i also recommend too if like you're you're interested in getting into the game outside of the online version uh pre-releases are really fun and a really great way to like level the playing field like i, I just did one over the weekend for uh the new set coming out obsidian flames and like it's great because everybody gets a box of cards with like has like a pre-built deck in it and then like four extra packs and you have like an hour to build a deck from only those cards. So like everybody's like on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. No one can have like a deck that they've spent hundreds of dollars on to build. And then everybody just plays and it's fun and like there's no pressure like you know you don't get extra cards because you came in first or second or whatever. It's just like we're here to have fun, we're here to play the game, we're here to like get cool cards. And that's that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That there there seems to be an air of community about the Pokemon world, just across yeah. the board. People seem Absolutely. to really be excited about sharing their love of this of this franchise with other people. I think that's really cool. I'm, yeah. I'm always on board with inclusive nerdity. Yeah. That's my fave. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I've learned a lot. I hope everyone at home has learned a lot. Um, before we uh, do our sign-offs and whatnot, do you have, because you've done all this research, do you have a, a weirdest in-universe Pokemon fact that you've learned? Weirdest in-universe Pokemon fact? Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think. Uh I mean, the answer can absolutely be no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just like trying to think of weird things about Pokemon that I've learned. Uh, I mean, the uh, there's one Pokemon that uh, like the Pokedex entry is that it's like uh, that it it, the balloon, the balloon, uh, Drifloon uh, steals children. Um, (laughs) Like there are some really messed up Pokemon entries where it's like, yeah, like there's like that one will steal like the souls of children or something like that. And that was really dark. And then there was like another one that like uh, the Pokemon is technically like the soul of, of a human. And so it's like, that would be terrible to be like, to die and then be like this Pokemon and be owned by somebody. Uh, Wow. That is a dark fate. I love dark Pokemon facts. (laughs) Yeah. There is a lot of those. Like, it looks like it's a happy, like, yeah. Goofy. uh, Not even, I won't say goofy, but it's like, you know, a happy upbeat thing for kids. And then, yeah, yeah, you learn some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, For kids. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, I was curious. I wanted to know the most expensive Pokemon cards. Um, Um, Oh, go ahead. I looked, I, I I found a thing that said, Oh, (laughs) a few of them. Like the, the most expensive one is impossible. Like that is crazy expensive to me. Um, It was an illustrator, Coro Coro comics, promo Pikachu illustrator card. It's a oh. lot of things. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Japanese promo that mm-hmm. uh, released date in 1998 and costs or valued at $6 million. 
Oh, that's yeah. I remember seeing that one, like a story about that when that was like sold or like, yeah, like they, they valued it. Like, yeah, like all of the, like, that's, what's really wild is like the market for Pokemon cards, like skyrocketed over the last like three years, like the pandemic, like really, I think, cause a lot of people got back into it and it was like all of the like base set and like gen one cards, like are just ridiculous now to get a hold of. (laughs) Well, I mean, that one was like a rarity when it came. Yeah, out, yeah, that one like, makes sense. But yeah. like, I mean, I'd imagine Charizard, like the the base yeah. set Charizard that's is another two, one. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, four hundred and twenty thousand for that one, and then the third is um, Blastoise Wizards of the Coast presentation Galaxy Star holographic variant, which is three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. Wow. But both of those were released uh, 99 for Charizard and 98 for the Blastoise. Like that. Wow. Yeah. That's... All of these ones that are really, really expensive, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I do have a fun fact about the trading card game, uh, like a, okay. a recent one uh, where so like a lot of the modern sets have like had varying degrees of value, but there are like a few sets recently in the Sword and Shield era where it was like there were some cards like there's one of like Umbreon uh, called like the Moon moon Brian, where it's like umbreon by a moon it's like a special illustration rare where like that one was like just like super hard to get super expensive and uh there are a few different cards from this like a few different sets and it turns out recently uh, like the last year or so news came out that a an, an employee at the factory where the cards were being printed was taking them off the assembly line so like they weren't going out and then like went to try and sell like this huge like stack of like these super super rare cards to like a, a card shop for like millions of dollars and of course the card shop was like this seems suspicious. I should call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so he ended up, but yeah. So like, there was like this whole conspiracy or like this whole, like, uh, you know, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, not conspiracy, but, uh, you know, this whole hullabaloo of, uh, <laughs> that this person was taking cards off the line and drove up the value. <laughs> That's first of all, that is bad criminaling. Like, <laughs> right. Obviously crime is bad, whatever. <laughs> I'm legally bound to say that. Um, but like everyone knows from watching mob movies that you can't yeah. just steal money and then go spend that money. You have to launder it. Yeah. Like you can't just steal a stack of priceless cards and then try to go sell them all in one go. That's bananas. Exactly. Like why, <laughs> why would you go to a single shop with like a stack of cards and be like, here, and just you some know. random shop's going to pay you a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's like a million dollars, please. Um, at least like go sell them to a bunch of different shops. Go yeah. on eBay. Be a smart criminal. But crime is bad. Don't be a criminal. Don't steal Pokemon yeah. cards. Don't don't steal Pokemon cards. <laughs> if, if if nothing else from this episode, don't steal Pokemon cards. Don't don't steal Pokemon. Don't be like Christopher from uh, Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Did he steal Pokemon cards? <laughs> yes. There's an episode where he's like, Tone, Pokemon cards. <laughs> like, they want to jack a, a truck full of Pokemon cards. <laughs> and look what happened to him. Bad and look, Yeah. Yeah. Didn't turn out too well for him. For old Christopher Multisanti. <laughs> um, that show was great. And then that movie was not good. He didn't like all, Many Saints of New York? It was, oh, I mean... I, I was being hyperbolic. I thought it was okay, <laughs> but I just didn't really, I, I I didn't vibe with all of the like, Hey, remember this thing yeah, that's about yeah. to happen from the show? Like I, I can't stand stuff like that. 
Yeah. If it, if that's it had fair. just that's been fair. legitimately about the world and stuff and the characters came in and out, but it was just like, now you get to find out like <laughs> why uncle June hates whatever. Like I didn't care. About yeah. That. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's for our Sopranos episode, which we'll never do. Um, well, Allison, thank you so much for being on the show and talking oh. to me about Pokemon, which uh, again, it was a completely eye-opening experience for me. <laughs> Thank you for for allowing me to to rant about it. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, how can people uh, get a hold of you on the internet if they want to talk about Pokemon or whatever? Should you want to be gotten a hold of on the internet? Yeah, uh, my my handle on most places is uh, that spooky alley a l i. Um, I'm I'm not on the Twitter or the X now. Um, yeah, me <laughs> but, uh, you can find me on Instagram there. Uh, I, I have a threads. Account. I, I, I have like signed up for a couple sure. of like the Twitter replacements, but like primarily I'm on Instagram. If you want to follow me on there, or, you know, I'm, I'm on uh, the Nerdists every now and then if you want to want to catch me on there and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not um, a big internets person. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. We work on the internet. And it's just I know. <laughs> becoming increasingly less fun to be on the internet a lot of times but yeah um yeah i'm not on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it anymore i am on uh, instagram still uh functional underscore nerd you can also follow me on letterbox uh kyle uh oh shoot <laughs> kyle underscore anderson oh boy almost <laughs> lost it there for a second uh letterboxd kyle underscore anderson uh i just got back from fantasia fest uh in montreal which is a genre film festival um, which I went for one weekend of the three and a half weeks that they do it. Like it's, okay. it's a big long fest, but, uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of the movies that I saw there, um, I also reviewed a few of them for nerdist.com. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think that's, that's everything for now, but, uh, again, thank you, Allie. Um, follow Allie. She is great. Um, and, and talk to her, <laughs> talk with her about Pokemon <laughs> because I've never seen somebody light up so much, um, <laughs> talking about something. Um, all right. Thanks everybody for listening to laser focus. You can catch us every Thursday. Please subscribe, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And until then I've been Kyle Anderson. We'll catch you next week when my guest will be a different person. Bye. Laser focus is a production of nerdist industries and legendary digital networks. It was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Kyle Anderson. For more, visit Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com